This episode of the Games Junk Podcast is brought to you by Grip'em Ups. Grip'em Ups, how much can you pull, bro? Podcast episode 56. My name is Jason Ariola, and joining me today is John Lucero. Hello. And Luke Maxwell. Hello. Luke, it's been a while, buddy. I think uh, last time we talked to you was uh, during the E3 thing, if I recall correctly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was it, all right. Yeah. And I think we did, was that during Brexit? Yes, that was during Brexit. Yeah, we, your, your was like, cell reception Brexit was kind of cutting out, and we were a little... Uh, we we're, were all very worried for you, man, but glad to see you came out on the other end of that thing. Yeah, and no effect on me personally, except for a lot of things are more expensive now, oh. and it's bad for Irish business exporting things to the UK and other places. So, so has know. it seriously actually affected you guys economically like that much? Or? Uh, it will do, yeah. A lot of exporters will find it more difficult to make money my mother was just telling us this morning that um three mussel farms in cork and in and around cork had closed since brexit and the pound oh that's interesting is, so is very um, weak at the moment so guys um so is that so is that what you guys call gyms out there mussel farms oh <laughs> uh, you're funny <laughs> funny guy okay uh, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's where you get uh, the mussels from the sea there you know like um clams Kind of like clams, smaller yeah. clams, black, you know, big thing here. Gotcha. Um, but dude, more difficult to make money, obviously, um, with the way the pound is, it's, it's very low. It's good for buying things in one sense, bringing things in, but a lot of now the UK companies don't want to take a hit on it. So they are tending to stop shipping things. So a lot of the big brands that we would have known are no longer coming into the country. And so uh, there's one big tea brand, for example, um, that's no longer going to be shipped here. Is that a Bigelow? On account of the... Or a Tazo? Uh, no, 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 it's okay. um, Lion's Tea, I guess, yeah. No, not a Lipton either, huh? You guys don't import our shitty tea? We, we have Lipton. Um, okay. We have Lipton. We have TG Tips as well. Uh, Nestle do their own teas, you know. We get all the shit teas too. Oh, okay, good. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I would be, I would be certainly disappointed. Although it would be kind of this like nice romanticized view of Ireland from our, uh, you know, ignorant American view that like you guys actually have like good tea and you guys don't have this like shit that we consume and like, oh hey, Lipton's not bad. It's better than Louisiana tea. But yeah, no. It's, no, it's it's interesting because the tea that we drink, we we drink blended tea, and um, the tea that we actually get here is made from the sweepings of better teas. So any of the dust <laughs> that's left around during proper tea manufacturing or pressing of leaves is then used to make a blend for our tea that we consume here. So the bags that we get are full of this tea dust and it's a, a blended sort of taste. But people enjoy tea. I think tea is a, a big thing here. That's, um, uh, but that's, uh, that's, that's weird. Anyone that's more of a connoisseur of teas uh, would be 
would be less interested in the kind of teas that are here. Okay. Oh, well, you know, people like different things, Jason. Yes, but kind of We've got to be accepting. Hey, look, I mean, you know, tea's just like anything else, you know. You, sure, you have your plasma screen. It costs you seven grand. They have their tea. It costs the same. <laughs> I don't know. My, 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 my TV, I don't pee out in an hour and a half. Mm-mm. Have you tried drinking it? Mm, you know, that might be... Might get me out of work tonight if I give that a shot. Oh, I guess. There you go. Give it a go. Well, it, it is a liquid you remember, crystal um, display. Hey, what kidney stones? Do you remember a few years ago, there was a, a thread, I think it was on GameFAQs or one of these places, where a guy was like, I'm going to eat a Nintendo DS card and see what happens. And he did, and it wasn't It wasn't a pretty picture. Mm, he ended up lacerating his insides. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Well, you know, judging judging from uh, just the basis of the little I know on this guy based on the sentence you told me, I think he probably deserved it. Sounds like it was well yeah, earned. Probably. He was doing it for science. Yeah. Like you that's got it. you, you got to know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of the This isn't the going to turn out well. All that's left. Yeah. Is um all that's left is imagined babies cartridges and we have to subsist on them. Oof. Well, thankfully, I think there was enough of a glutton of, uh, of uh, like, shit DS games. So I suppose maybe if you, uh, if you like, powdered them up, maybe, well, we could do exactly what you're talking about with the tea. We could, like, like smash them down into a powder, kind of use them like a protein mm-hmm. shake, and then we can do our, uh, our muscle farms there. You could boil and melt them and then sort of make them into a gum. Could you, you could eat leftover Amiga cartridges. I don't know anyone's using those anymore. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Not bad. You could eat a Vita cartridge pretty easily. I think yeah. they're very smart. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could do that <laughs> accidentally, I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. That's my big worry. I, I have one of those Vita TVs, and um, it's currently in a drawer and will not be used anytime soon. But the memory cards on it are incredibly small. Like They're impossible to find if you lose them. The only oh, game I have totally. for it, actually, is um, Dynasty Warriors 8, I think. And oh, uh, that game shit. yeah, don't know where it is. It's you know, a great game. So I, I, I went back and played Dynasty Warriors two, just to Why? see, and <laughs> just I had just played Dynasty Warriors eight, and like I think like a week or two later, I went and like just downloaded Dynasty Warriors two to check it out again. And I don't hmm. know how it's possible, but Dynasty Warriors two feels like it plays better. Like I don't know how the series feels like it's progressively gotten shittier, but the like the spinoff games feel like they've gotten better. Like uh, like the, the, the Gundam ones, uh, Attack on hmm. Titan, even Zelda, even you know Hyrule Warriors. That one felt better. Dynasty Warriors eight, like I was playing, it was just it felt like it felt like trash. So I don't know. If yeah, I don't. Maybe... I didn't care for it too much, and I, I agree. I think because two has less in it. It's maybe a little bit more pure and to the point. Maybe. But with, with age, there's something, you know, they always, for something that looks so bad, it always chugs a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the two is probably the best performing of any of them in a way. Like eight still feels a little jerky or something. It's no yeah, good. it's kind of horrifying yeah. to play it. I was like, this is a modern console game and mm-hmm. it plays like the ps2 one i mean yeah sure there's a few more enemies on screen and everything but i mean just like speed wise it just it feels incredibly slow especially like when you come from like one of the gundam games or um or hyrule warriors it's just like oh my god this is this is an exercise people love them though 
Yeah, I can't get enough of them. Yeah, I wonder if Samurai Warriors is the same. From what I like, they gave a whatever Samurai Warriors was on um, Xbox One. They gave that away with uh, Games with Gold a few months ago, and like I I just Mm. was like reading reviews for it on the Xbox Store. It's like this game is trash. This game is garbage. God, why, why didn't you give us a a, an average game instead of this pile of shit? I was like, (laughs) okay, well apparently we're a little aggressive here. So I'm guessing maybe it plays about the same as as, uh, Dynasty Warriors Eight. So what about Sengoku Sengoku Basara? You know, I've heard good things about that, but I mean, I don't know. It's like there's this weird thing of because um, that one's done by Capcom, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I've heard like good things about it, but I mean, I don't. I've, I've never touched the damn things. It's just like, oh, it's another mm. Dynasty Warriors game. I don't know if I really need another one in my life. Yeah, I liked Dragon Quest Heroes. Um, yeah, that one's a good one think, too. Yeah, that that pulled me through, but I, I think the problem with that one was there was too many defense type missions and it, it does kind of grate on you after time but it was good as a fan service thing same with the zelda one i only played the 3ds version of the zelda one and that really chugs along on the, yeah, the old 3ds yeah, um, i heard even so on the that new wasn't 3DS, it enjoyable do, doesn't do so well mm-hmm. okay mm. so you know it wasn't entirely enjoyable because of the performance but I could see where there was some fun in there. And I'm looking forward to the Berserk one, but yeah, me the too. footage l- looks not like the kind of game I want out of Berserk. I mean, I think, you know, you play Dark Souls or Demon Souls or any of these, and you think, oh, you know, they took a lot from Berserk, and maybe this would be a good um, kind of game for that to be. Uh, even something like Neo, which, the, you know, they had the other demo there a while ago, that feels more Berserky. And thinking back, actually, with Dragon's Dogma, they had a campaign, a cross-promotion thing where That's they had right. berserk costumes in it. Um, so something like that would be cool. But with Dynasty Warriors, you know, I mean, sure, there's that great sequence in Berserk where he fights those hundred guys. But that's a the whole idea of it is that it's a slog. So you know, he's injured, and it's yeah, and it's it's you know, it takes a lot out of guts to do it but you know in the trailer that you watch he's killed like 25 people in a second so it's like oh well you know it's, it's not so good yeah yeah because that whole scene um you know it's it's him sort of like he's defending Casca or getting Casca so she can yeah. get out of there and him sort of real or not even realizing but just accepting that he's probably gonna end up dying in this fight like he's okay with it and yeah. he's just gonna hold out as long as he can and yeah, the, I mean the whole the whole Muso game is just you go and defeat hundreds or thousands of enemies in one game. Now with like Attack on Titan, it's a little different where it's only like maybe a couple dozen. But like Hyrule Warriors and every, basically anything else with a with a Muso thing, mm-hmm. it, it is literally like you're slashing through hundreds. So I kind of wonder if they're gonna rein back on that approach a little bit or if it's gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. What when I was wondering about is that's one I'm gonna play. So. If you put those games on hard mode, if you turn it up to like the hardest difficulty, do the enemies actually attack you? Um, you like know, the, the MOOC guys, the regular. You know, I vaguely remember, like in Dynasty Warriors Two, if you put it up on a higher difficulty level, they do swing at you a little bit more frequently. It wasn't like okay. it wasn't like a constant, like oh god, I've actually got to you know defend myself occasionally. It was more just yeah, okay, these guys are kind of taking a swipe at me every say 
10 seconds if they, if, you know, left to their own devices versus um, every 30 to 40 seconds if left to their own devices. So yep. it's more of a frequency of attacking than anything. So anyway, so um, guys, we should get on with what we've been playing lately instead of what we've maybe been wanting or what we want to play. So uh, John, you've been, you've been startlingly quiet. So why don't we go ahead and start with you? Cause I actually uh, want to hear about mafia three. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Dynasty Warriors isn't really my uh, my cup of tea. So yeah, that's <laughs> okay. You guys do your thing. Luke and I will. Uh, Luke and I will probably talk about it, Attack on Titan here a little bit once uh, once my once my part of that rolls around. But uh, okay, so do you want five or ten minutes to talk about Mafia? I'm thinking probably ten, right? Yeah, let's go ten. Okay. There's stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah. All right, and get on it, buddy. All right, well, Mafia 3 is uh, an open-world crime game, uh, you know, like the GTAs and the Saints Rows of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in New Bordeaux, which is a uh, New Orleans surrogate, but they made a fake one so they could actually add a bayou into the area because there's, there's not, not really a bayou right next to New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, it's more... It's, they wanted to get all of uh, Louisiana in one area. It's kind of so. like the uh, it's kind of like the California version, or like you know the way California is in San Andreas, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Or like Empire Bay was in uh, Mafia Two. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and you play as Lincoln Clay, a guy who just got back from Viet- uh, Vietnam, and he was a special for- he was in the special forces in Vietnam. Um, he is a and he's a half black man, which is actually an important part of this, important to the story, kind of. Um, uh, you get back, and of course, like his goal is he wants to. Uh, he came he came back to say goodbye to everyone, pretty much, and then go to California, just like in how a lot of this is a revenge story. That's how a lot of revenge stories start. Is you were trying to get out, and they pull you back in. Uh, and but he he grew up as an orphan. His mom abandoned him, and at, when he was an orphan, he met his, uh, the Black Mob and leader, the head of the Black Mob, Sammy Robinson. You know, if and I've learned go- anything from, uh, from, from history from the, uh, the podcast The Dollop, anytime somebody is an orphan, it never turns out well for, for them. No, they're always, they always the, the head of the mob always meets them and takes, and takes a liking to them. Shit goes terrible most so, of the time. Yeah. Uh, actually, Sammy is one of the... For, as a head of a mobs go, he's one of the nicer people. So, uh, and when he gets back, he discovers that the black mob is not in the best of places. They owe money to the Haitians, and, and aren't the Haitians also, black too? Yes, oh, but they're okay. They they're a little more traditional, let's say, when they come when it comes to how they live. I got you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's taking place in '68, by the way, just to give you a, a time a time frame. Around the, I think the same year Martin Luther King was shot, I believe. Okay. That kind of. Um. Anyway. Uh, and he's also, but he the bigger the bigger problem is he owes a lot of money to the Italian mob in the area. Yeah, that's the, that would be the, that would be my worry, someone. But. Yeah. And this uh, leads to. Uh, Betra- uh, bloody betrayal, as, a, as you can probably expect. In a and mafia game? Lincoln, yeah. Li- and Lincoln uh, going on a quest for revenge and a quest to not only kill the head of the Italian mob, but destroy everything he holds dear. Uh, Lincoln is not a good person. 
He is the he is the the best person in a world of bad people, but he is not a good person. Uh, I think the strongest thing in this game by far is the performances. Mm-hmm. I think the, the in the the motion capture and the cutscenes are all top notch. I think the only game that rivals it and might better it maybe is Uncharted Four in terms of performance capture. Okay. And, and uh, I think the performances are better because of the material. Material that they're they're having to deliver and deal with is is uh, harder to, to deliver than like Uncharted 4's uh, type uh, of action adventure stuff. I was gonna say action movie kind of witty banter yeah. back and forth, basically. Yeah, it's uh it's a little it's a lot deeper than that. Even uh, the side even the like the side characters Lincoln's performance excellently. He's probably my favorite character in the game, which is kind of I, I found kind of rare in a lot of games to actually like the main character the most recently. It uses like some side characters that you like, but they're all done super well. Uh, the villains, they all make you want they all make you want to hate them in the right way. Uh, the game is super violent, and it's very pulpy, and like most mafia things are. Uh, yeah, I do remember like Mafia Two being uh, a little rough, I suppose, as as it, far as like some is, of the scenes go. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of Mafia 2. I know a lot of people... It's, I'll get to why people don't Me like too. that. It also, it also yeah. factors into the problem with Mafia 3. But uh, when I get to that... Um, this game is more violent than Mafia 2 by quite a bit, I'd say. Yeah. Because they they added stealth mechanics into this game that are... that Nothing nothing crazy, mostly just crouching and like whistling to get people's attention. But the instant kills, the takedowns, uh-huh. uh, mostly involve Lincoln's combat knife. And going into every and different parts of the face and neck usually, but and with a lot of force. Oh, okay. And, uh, then if, if you are feeling a little 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 froggy, you can use the brutal takedowns, which a quick melee segment, and then you hold circle, and um, Lincoln will depending on what, it's they're all weapon specific too, depending on which one you have in and in, in hand at the moment. They range from repeatedly stabbing a man in the face to throwing him on the ground, stepping on him, and blowing away with a shotgun. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, and and the, the benefit of the brutal takedown is that enemies around you freak the fuck out. Like, they are not... They, like, fall backwards like, oh, my God, this guy's a psychopath. Yeah. So, yeah. They, that's, I think that there's some good good little, touch, little touches in this game that I appreciate, and that's one of them. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, Let's uh, we're get, we're getting on four minutes here, so let's talk about this. So performance wise, how does this game perform? I mean, is it is it feeling yeah, stable? Know, how are the low times? Low times are okay. They're not. I w- I've never been like. They're not quite Witcher three level of okay. of like or blood or Bloodborne level of super noticeable because uh, you don't die too much. You're kind of a killing machine in this game. Okay. Uh, you can you die quick, but you but it does, usually doesn't happen anyway. Okay. Um, uh, as long as, so but, does it, okay. uh, oh, I'm gonna get the the performance. I have had the game crash on me twice now. Crash back to the screen, the main screen. I've had little glitches. I've had little glitches. Uh, I've like prompts not popping up, but still working. If, if you know what if you know what button you should be pressing, it still works. It just okay, but the, the prompt doesn't show up. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, bigger ones I noticed that I've had no game breaking ones other than the two crashes, but uh, there was one where 
some enemies drove in uh, to, to attack me, but the but instead of driving in, their car flew in and they jumped and they jumped out of the car from like 50 feet in the air, and some of them died when they landed too. That was pretty great. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> okay, that's so, interesting. Um, so gameplay wise, does it play like Mafia Two, kind of like a third person cover based shooter to a point? Yes, uh, very much that. The okay. stuff they just added some more stealth to it to make okay. it a, a little different. You know, uh, um, the getting... gameplay is where, gets... oh, good. Oh. is where it gets repetitive, though. Mm-hmm. That's where, that's where I get... I'll get to the negatives, I guess. Now, uh, Mafia Three, I said I said an open world con game like like Grand Theft Auto, but I'd say it's closer to like Assassin's Creed in terms of like how its open world works, and in that it's it feels smaller than Grand, Grand Theft Auto does. Okay, but um, and. It also, I don't know if you probably didn't play Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but it had a territory system that's very similar to this, in that you work your way through an area and you kill the leader, the head of that area, to take over that, which you assign to your underbosses, uh, which are three major side characters, one of which is a returning character from Mafia 2. Okay. Um, 90 seconds. Uh, Vigo Scaletta is uh, uh, a. You're going to have to remind me who that was. The main character. Oh, the guy you played as? Okay. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't your friend? Oh, no, because your friend ended up getting killed at the end, right? Spoilers. Nice. Yes, he did. Yeah. It's a very, a game has a great ending, but, uh, uh, all right. Luke, do you have any questions about it? Yeah, I, I, um, would wonder, I suppose, how it's structured, um, compared to Mafia 2, which I, I really enjoyed. And a lot of people complained about there not being that much to do. Yeah. in the game, um, aside from the missions, but I actually quite liked that. I liked the way that the city was just there as window dressing in a way and as um, I, I did too, background. Right? Mm. It kind of just like a, just going through the story, but also like having to drive through the city. I enjoyed that, but mm. it tried to and tried to fix some of the problems people have with that by adding in these ter- this territory system, which is... Yeah. Yeah. But... It's also not really they're not really side missions though they're actually they're pretty much pretty much all of them are required for the story so also oh, as you're doing it you're you're getting it anyway yeah it's kind of, they're like it's supposed to, it kind of feels like more to do but really it's it also feels like filler because every territory is the it's the same pretty much the same exact formula to capture it. you mm-hmm. go after the lieutenant. Um, you know, guys, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break our rule here, and I'm gonna go ahead and allow another five minutes on this one. Yeah, I got, I got more. Yeah, on this game. yeah, let's keep rocking, <laughs> on, let's keep our rocking on Mafia so, Three here, because I didn't I got, got much to talk about. So, yeah, good. I got some thoughts on this. Uh, and every every territory is set up to where you have a your your main goal is to kill the capo uh, of the, of that territory. But to get to the capo, you have to get through his lieutenant. And to get through his lieutenant, you have to get through his, um, uh, I forget what the next, the next lower level down is. But they have to kill two of the, two ne- lower level people to get the lieutenant's attention. Oh, God, this sounds, exactly, like, um, this sounds really familiar. Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. What is, uh, what is? The Shadow of Mordor, that, that whole system of, like, you have to, like, go through the tiers of command, basically, to, to get at the, the main guy for that area. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and 
every like there's two, and then to get to get to do their uh, little mission set to get to the lieutenant and and it's they're they're not just they're just not that different like every I feel like every time everything I'm doing is I'm going to an area I'm stabbing the shit of dudes I'm stabbing the, the head or I'm blowing some stuff up I'm driving to the next area to stab more dudes and blow stuff up and I'm gonna go kill the lieutenant and I'm gonna I'm gonna stab him to death uh, and that but then eventually you get to the the capo mission uh, the, the head lieutenant mission and the capo mission which is where the game shines because those are more uh, tailored missions. Like they, like there's a really inspired one with uh, involving LSD that I enjoyed quite a bit. Okay. Uh, so those are a little bit more unique. They're not just like okay, go yeah, to it, point A and then kill this guy. Yeah, they're it's like they're the they they feel like the actual story missions. Gotcha. And and I do feel I feel it getting repetitive, but and but the only thing that carries me through it in the end is the is the cutscenes which are have all been like the story has been consistently good through the entire i'm about two-thirds of the way through now probably maybe okay. three quarters getting towards the end and the, the story has been consistently good throughout like it's it's all it's told in a faux documentary kind of thing like it cuts it cuts ahead in time they're kind of doing like a crude a true crime kind of documentary about oh, lincoln clay that's interesting and they're interview and they're interviewing characters that are older now, but you you see during the game when you're playing, like one of the main interview interview people is the reverend that you talk to, and it's really it's really cool. Like it cuts it cuts away. They'll like say stuff in there that like foreshadows what's gonna happen later on, uh, and I, the presentation is just so good. But it it is very repetitive, and I could see that like killing people's um, enthusiasm for the game because it's. It's it's gotten to me. I think I finally got past that, the the hard like, the biggest slog in the game, mm-hmm. because I do I do enjoy playing it. That's the, I think that also helps. Is that even though I'm doing the same thing over and over again, I do enjoy doing it. Uh, and then I also enjoy the little stuff in the game, like the hundred licensed songs they got for the game from the era, which are fantastic. Gives it one of the best soundtracks I've ever I've ever heard in a game, or. Uh, the and like they threw the in little the, uh, stuff. To, oh, good. Oh, like the little stuff to show, like the the racial tension of the era, which which factor into the story. But the story is not really about racism. Like there's stuff that happens in there that definitely definitely involves racism because you're in the deep south. But it's a revenge story. It's not like it's not a political statement. Yeah, and they kept um, the uh, they kept the tradition of the uh, of the of era playboys, right? Oh yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's there are. You can it, this this time they added articles that you can actually read from Playboys. Oh, like, if you, yeah, you know, so. what, never mind. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, I'll, I'll gloss over my joke there. Um, anyway, uh, I got about a minute, <laughs> so let's 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 do some closing thoughts on this thing. Yeah. It's I I I really like I like it a lot. Okay. But there are definitely problems with this game that could keep people from liking it as much as I do. It's. <laughs> So do you feel like you've gotten like it does it feel like it's been a good sixty dollar purchase? Um, yes, I think I I do. I because uh, I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna finish it all the way through and it's okay. gonna be about thirty hours when I'm done, I think. Okay. Around there. Uh it's about it feels it's longer than Mafia Two, but that's because they added more stuff into it. I remember Mafia I think Two it's like being not long, but at least meaty, if I remember correctly. It felt yeah, like a fifteen, I, twenty hour I, game. I, I felt like 
think it was like 20, I feel like. I don't I don't quite remember. It's been a few years now. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, how about that? Boom. Uh, yeah. And no more information shall we get to Mafia 3 unless the next unless next week you're still playing it, then we can kind of go from there. So, um, Luke, you've been playing uh, two games. Which one do you want to talk about first? I suppose we'll do uh, Dragon Quest first. Right. So I'll be you playing wanna, the remake of you Dragon wanna, Quest 7. Do you want 5 or 10 on that one? I'll go for 5. Go for 5? All right. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing the, the remake of Dragon Quest Seven, and, of course, that was a game that was originally yeah, from 2001, 2000 in Japan uh, for the PS1, and I think it's the only mainline game up to this point that I hadn't finished, including Ten, um, which I suppose not many people would probably claim outside Japan, but um, it yeah. was one of these games that was sort of a, a white whale for me, and I had chipped away at it now and then, on the PSP um, through some of the, the footing you could do there to get PS1 games on yeah. there. So I chipped away at 40 hours or so, and it's one of these games that's notoriously long-winded. Um, <laughs> Yuji Hori, when he was making it, uh, when they started making it around 1995, they took a lot of influence from Myst and adventure games. And so the game is a lot more puzzle-heavy, especially at the beginning in terms of how it builds the world than a regular Dragon Quest, you know, it takes you a good while to get into fights, which people always talk about. I don't think the fights are that important, um, really, to the experience, but, you know, folks had problems with that, and this yeah. one speeds up a lot of the stuff. You don't have to wait as long. But you do, you know, you're in it for the long haul. I'm maybe about 45 or 46 hours in. Um, you don't get jobs till about 20, 25 hours, and uh, there's just so much content in the game it's um if i'm recording you can think of it really as a collection of short the job system didn't roll into like hour 30 or more than that in the in the playstation one version right that's right yeah it takes about 35 or so to get there in the ps1 one yeah john Um, so this one does uh, speed it up you know yeah yeah like luke just said if you're unfamiliar they uh they definitely uh sped this one up a little bit as far as just uh streamlining the whole experience it just seems like they've they took out a little bit edited I guess maybe this is a director's cut if you will of this <laughs> a little bit yeah um, it's definitely cho- you know speedier in how it gets to things I think the the main thing that you can you you could kind of think of with this one is that it's like because when they set out to make it they thought oh we'll put it on the, the N64 and before that there was rumors that it was going to be on the Saturn and you know it took five years to complete but I think more than any of the other games there probably wasn't that much in terms of editing going on so i think yuji hori every idea that he had and every idea that his scenario staff had went into the game and so the idea is that you wake you're a kid on this island and you believe that your island is the only one in the entire world and then uh, things happen and you find out that actually all the other islands have sunk to the bottom of the sea many many years ago and you can go back in time to do things there and that'll end up making those islands rise up from the ocean again and reappear uh in the present day and so there's a bit of that chrono trigger idea there's a little bit of the dream world overworld happening from dragon quest 6 but more than that it's just that every conceivable story that they have is in there too and they run you know 
through all sorts of different things. There's science fiction type of ones with robots. There's love stories. There's bits about plagues. There's villages that have been turned into animals, villages that have been turned into stone. And you go through and work through all these little fairy tales. And they're all really great. And some of them are very, very affecting as well. Um, the robot one in particular is definitely something that would make you feel misty. You'd be kind of remiss not to feel a little bit, um, you know, teary-eyed with some of the stuff. And apart from that, it just looks real nice and performs not so well, actually, compared to the Japanese version. There's some slowdown for whatever reason in the menus, and they can feel a little bit laggy, but it doesn't take away from the experience too much. I wonder much. if that's maybe something and, to do with, like, uh, overall, the way just, the PlayStation 1 port of Chrono Trigger was or something like that. I wonder if there's, like, some sort of, like, pattern. Well, this is this is definitely remade um, from the ground up. There's not anything left of the PS1 version. No, no. Here. What I mean is, um, like, the way the, the way the PlayStation 1 version of Chrono Trigger, like, it took, like, the Japanese version didn't take a long time to load, or as long as time to load, but the U.S. version, oh, right. because they, like, it bedded some weird, like, code or whatever. So, like, every, like, f- like door you'd walk in, it would load for a second or two, so... So I wonder if there's something uh, like that maybe going on. I think but... um, I, I would wager it probably has something to do with the way the text is displayed. And it could be that the game wasn't intended to be in English in the first place. And so they're doing some jiggering there in order to replace the Japanese characters with English. And you run into some problems there as well in that you know text space and everything. So it might have something to do with that. Uh, there might be another layer of programming abstraction over whatever's happening but okay. um overall i'm very impressed by it i think it's definitely a game that maybe won't sit with everyone it's something that you have to be willing to engage with it and at times it can feel a little bit as i said long-winded and maybe a little bit old school in, in how it's laid out but the joy of it is in reading the the dialogue and getting to know these characters and also the fact that every character has party talk in it. So if you talk to any NPC, your characters will have something to say about it and it adds a lot of depth, I think, to the stories because you can get other people's feelings on them as well and that helps out. Okay, so real quick, last thought on this. Um, As far as this goes, probably not a good entrance point to the Dragon Quest series if you've never played one before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I would wonder about that. I think there's a number of good entry points for people. Um, I think the first game is good on the Android or iPhone. Yeah. Um, I think that number three is good on those devices as well. Five on the DS or PS2, if you have the translation, is good. And eight is obviously, I think, the one that everyone kind of talks about getting in on just because it's so pretty. Um, and, of course, that'll be re-released on the 3DS. Slightly less pretty on the 3DS, but it will be re-released soon-ish, yeah. uh, early More readily next year. available, so basically. People can look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. probably around the time the NX launches, mm-hmm. if I had to wager a guess at this point. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so maybe you'll be able to play it on your new NX, though uh, all the yeah. rumors point to the fact that it won't be in any way backwards compatible. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about playing it on my NX. I'm, I, honestly, I don't think I'm going to end up playing Dragon Quest VIII. I'll probably buy it, but I probably won't end up playing it on the uh, on the 3DS. It just does not seem mm-hmm. like... Look-wise, it just does not strike me as the kind of game I really want to play on my 3DS. So. Yeah. I um Japanese version, and I, I played through a good chunk of it. 
um, up to the point that everyone gets stuck at actually in it. And I, I didn't want to kind of go any further um, with the Japanese one because it was too much of a slog to, to work through some of the stuff. But actually, very nicely, they did add in voice acting in it. So it was a little bit easier to, to work through. But uh, some of the stuff in the remake of Vage is really good. You can speed up the battles. You can um, uh, have extra party members that weren't in the, the first game. And there's extra story scenes with that. And then there's a whole separate uh, chapter where you play as the hero as a child. And um, that's interesting to me. I want to see what goes on there. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. It's kind of one of those, like, Dragon Quest VIII in my head is this, like not holy grail of sorts of things, but it's like, it kind of what brought me back into video mm-hmm. games 10 years ago or 15. I don't know. It's been quite a while, but I've never, I've never so much of it as well is the visuals. Like, I mean, John, if you, if you haven't seen it, it really looks like a, uh, a Kira Toriyama cartoon sort of come to life. You know, I have and seen it. Such I, a... I, remember, I remember when it came out, it was a big deal, but I was, not into those kind of games at that point in time, so I don't. Yeah. I don't think I would have paid mm. proper respect by playing it at that point in time. Yeah, I got it as a Christmas present for my sure. buddy at work, and that's the only reason. Like, I, I was, I was playing like Gran Turismo and occasionally like these import like racing games for my PS2, and um, God, maybe whenever a Zelda game would come out, that really was about all I was playing anymore, and I kind of just like. I don't know, video games that sort of, I don't want to say like passed me by at that point, but it passed me by. And my friend got me that, and that just brought me in full hog into video games again. I Within a week of finishing that game, I ended up working at GameStop. <laughs> and yeah, that's sort of, yeah. So for whatever it's worth, I guess Dragon Quest VIII brought me back in video games. It also had me working at uh, GameStop for three years. So it, it's it's a good thing and a bad uh, thing. Which, but... which subsequently got you out of video games again. Um, uh, almost, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe made you not like them as much. Yeah, for me, it's one of those things that I know we're going over time with. Well, technically, we're talking about something else. Yeah, we're talking but, about something um, else. So this is good. It's one this, of those is, things. this is in between banter. This is fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it means it means a lot to me in a way, in my mind anyway. I remember playing it a little bit after it came out because I was playing it on the PS3 with the backwards compatible stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it was one of these games I had heard very good things about, but it wasn't kind of until I played it over a summer and I remember sort of, you know, very vividly associating the the sounds and smells and the heat of summer with uh, getting through that as well. And it was a really great time and it was kind of something that I think I, I needed uh, some whimsy at that time. And it really, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic piece of work. I think it's, it really you know, is. for me, it's probably the the second best next to five, I would say. You know, that's, so, that's one yeah, I wish they would stuff. do like a, like a PS2, like to PS4 thing or whatever that they do, you know, like mm. not a PS2 classic, but they like showed a, the PS2 version of it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Basically there was a just rumor. They did for um, Rogue Galaxy. Um, that would be great. I'd be fine with that because Rogue Galaxy is an okay game. Yeah. So. Yes. There was a rumor that they were, they were doing that. There was going to be, um, a PS2, a PS4 Dragon Quest V. Um, now, you know, usually they do a remake before a major game comes out. Um, yeah. That's the kind of the cycle they're in. And they've worked their way up to nine now. Everything has been remade except for nine. I don't think we will see one of nine anytime soon. Um, but we might see a five before 11. 11 scheduled to come out around March next year. 
So maybe around. Is it you know, really that close? January, February, you might see surprise. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. It was uh, supposed to be I, out this year. But, I would, uh, I would, I would take a bet on Dragon Quest uh, on eleven getting getting pushed back. I, I mean, we we haven't seen much of anything of this game. So I mean, yeah, they normally yeah. don't they don't show too too much. They don't show their hand too quickly. But I think this is this would be one like I would not be surprised in the least if that one slipped further into uh, two thousand seventeen. I could see it definitely. Um, yeah, I, I could see it slipping into summer. They like to do their releases sometimes around August, September. So I could see it slipping back. But you're right in saying like we haven't seen since the initial reveal and then magazine stuff a couple of weeks afterwards. There's been nothing on it yeah. um, except for little tidbits here and there and like investment calls and stuff. So we'll wait and see. Um, I, I would imagine that given the way that it's developing and uh, given what Yuji Hori was saying about the balance of the games, you know, across these three different visual styles and two different platforms, um, that it's probably something that that seems like a good idea, but then when you actually get into the practice of making it, I mean, it's going to be hard to ship both of those on the same day. You know? Yeah, so they're doing... Um, and have them be, they're doing PS4 and the 3DS, right? And that, the NX. That's right, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, PS4... 3ds and nx and then the the 3ds one is both 2d and 3d so That's depending right. on which um control method you're using it's it's switching between them so um we'll wait and see how it goes i'm i've got high hopes for it um obviously i, I think the so the staff behind it are mainly dragon Quest 10 people um for the ps4 version and um that i think plays quite well so I'll be interested to see how they translate it to yeah. Hopefully, um, and hopefully, PS4. hopefully we 100%. actually see that come out in you know the side of the hemisphere. But yeah, uh, we'll definitely see the PS4 one. I think it's too expensive a to, yeah not to. That's do. true, and especially like the PS4 isn't doing that well in Japan, so it probably would serve them a little bit just to like okay, well, there's that huge of an audience in Europe and America. Let's let's at least throw it out there and see how it does. I mean, it can't. Can't do any worse than you know to the the couple million maybe PS4s that there are in uh in Japan. So especially in um in France and places like that, like France, um Dragon Quest Seven debuted at number three in their weekly charts, and eight when that came out for the PS2 was number one for a couple of weeks. Oh wow! Okay. Um, no you know they the love into... the Kiritori ammo over there, so yeah. you you just stick them on there and they'll they'll lap it up. <laughs> All right, well, um, going from one anime type uh, thing to another, uh, I guess I'll. This is, this is probably the last time I'll talk about Attack on Titan because I can't imagine going any more about this game than I have already. So I'll just give myself five minutes. So I've finally wrapped up the story on this thing, right? And it ends where, if you're familiar with the anime, um, they corner the, the who ends up being the female Titan Annie. Uh, you know, spoiler alert: it's been on Netflix and Crunchyroll for like two years now, so you haven't seen it. But, whatever um and, um so it, the story ends there and then there's an epilogue which is really weird um luke have you seen any of the manga or read any of the manga by chance i have seen the first episode of the anime and decided it was not uh, for me and I, i'd take up the comic then um on account of that, but I, I intend to go back to it because I actually watched the same production company did a show on Amazon. I can't oh, think of the yeah, name yeah. of it now, the Fortress or something or other. 
Yeah. And I dug that, and then everyone was saying it's basically Attack on Titan, so I think I should probably give Attack on Titan another go. You know, John and I talked about this like two episodes ago, maybe when we first started playing this. It's Attack on Titan's dumb. I mean, story-wise, I think it's pretty stupid, but it's just, it's fun to watch, I guess. It's, like, combat-wise, it's just, like, really cool to just see those, the, whatever the hell they are, basically, like, the little little mobile gear things. Like, it's really cool to watch them, like, fling around and use their swords. It, it just seems ridiculous, because when you think about the propulsion that's going on in the human body with these things, like, these people's necks and backs should be snapped in half when they're doing this, but it's, it, you know, it's anime. It's, yeah. Anyway, um... Anime. Yeah, it's anime. You can just explain it away with that. Um, so at the very end, or at, like the first mission in the epilogue, they talk about this weird abnormal uh, titan, which the abnormals are the ones that like are just abnormal compared to most other titans. They're not a little more intelligent, but like more aggressive. Their patterns aren't quite as predictable. Well, there's another, like they say, strange abnormal, which is getting even more weird. Um, they You end up fighting one they call a beast titan, which it looks like a yeti kind of so you end up just fighting this like gigantic hairy titan and oh omega that's pretty cool it's <laughs> weird as hell i'm like okay i don't know what like you're like all the other titans are running away from it and so it's kind of like if you're trying to go for we i talked about this before but like as you attack the limbs on Titan or there's certain areas of um on the limbs of titans like you'll see like a little gold thing in their area that you can attack that tells you that you'll get some items if you kill them um like if you're going to farm some of those items or trying to farm some of those items it's a good plight place because they're all just running away but they're not really going to go off the map so you can just kind of like pick them off one at a time pretty easily that way because they're not really being aggressive towards you anymore so it makes it a little bit easier to kind of grind them out that way if you're trying to do that but yeah the the epilogue thing's just strange and there's more to it i don't know how much more there is but because i only did the one episode of the epilogue but it's a it's a strange thing to, to kind of see so like i said i don't know how i don't know if that's in the manga at all but it's yeah because i haven't i haven't seen anything or i haven't done anything but watch the anime basically so um yeah it's it, it's still fun i'm I'm gonna keep playing this and grinding out uh probably i don't know i gotta see what some of the hidden trophies are but i might actually try to platinum this thing over time like i'm not gonna go try to do it like the next week like two three weeks or whatever just kind of pluck away at it because I, I do enjoy the combat it's it's stupid it's entertaining and, it, and it's really nice to just it actually does kind of make you feel like a badass and if you want to up the difficulty a little bit it does make the titans stronger they don't really attack you quite any more than they normally do but it's not as easy as just hit them in the nape of the neck once and they're down it's you actually do have to like be a little bit more thoughtful on when you actually attack and how many times you attack because the closer you get to the titans the more damage you do and then the so your timing as like far as like when you actually strike will matter and if you miss the attack I guess you or like do it too soon. You'll start wearing your blades out faster and the, the meter for your blades and your gas goes down a little bit quicker, the harder difficulty. So it does make your movements a little bit more meaningful as far as that goes. Cause supplies are limited. And I mean, I've never run into an issue even playing on normal where I've like run out of supplies, but I could definitely see on hard. If I bumped it up to there where you could end up with like no resupplies and no gas and no blades. And you just are in a fail state basically. So, yeah, like I said, it's not a not a whole lot to talk about. It's like I said, it's kind of stupid. It's fun, and that's yeah. I don't have much else to say. So, uh, well, I got ten seconds to spare, so I'll just kill it. 
yeah, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of whole lot of anything on that one. So, um, let's see. Nope, you know what? I gotta let that run down. So we'll just let that run down. Um, John, you are up with Destiny. So, do you want five or ten minutes on Destiny? Five should be fine. Five should be good. Okay, go for it, bud. I have no idea why I made that noise, but okay. The Destiny five minute sound. <laughs> it's like five minutes. Really, that's all we really want to spend on Destiny. Okay, come on, let's move it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the Desti- the new Destiny expansion came out called Rise of Iron. It added a new social space to the game and five new story missions, as well as a bunch of loot and a new raid, which is the the it's Destiny's version of an end game. It's uh you have to, uh. The the story missions themselves aren't particularly long or hard. Um, they're mostly there to get to level to get you some gear to raise your light level, which is your armor level in the game. Uh, Forty is the max level, but after that, it's all based on how good your armor and weapons are, which tells you your light level. Um, and you, after after doing the story missions, it's basically grind it out for gear so you could do strikes which are like little like sort of like dungeons i guess would be the closest similarity uh in like mmo games um or instances i guess i'm not an mmo person so i can't necessarily say uh yeah it's two of us okay but, I, I got nothing for you yeah, it's 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 a okay expansion i like the it adds also adds a new area called the plague lands uh, to do patrols in, which are just make uh, little missions to kill things, and adds the Archon's Forge, which is a, a wave-based area you can go to. And it's like it's a, it's fine. It's a good expansion. It's thirty bucks, and it adds a lot of gear. The problem is just getting that gear. It's it's a it's old Destiny, like Year One Destiny, when people when a lot of people didn't play. It. It was kind of like more hated then. It was a very grindy game. I stopped playing it in year one until the Taken King came out last year and made it a really good game. Okay. I now, I'm now a pretty staunch defender of Destiny. I think it's a pretty damn good game. At least after Taken King came out. But this, yeah, this just it feels like a half step trying to hold off till uh, Destiny Two comes out most likely most likely next year. Yeah. What's which is pretty widely rumored and accepted as it's going to come out next year. And it's like I like my new armor. I look my character looks good. I, uh, the weapons are the weapons are good. My game still plays like one of the best shooters on the market. Not there's not many there's not many shooters that I uh, think are better than it. At least in the art of shooting shit. Yeah, I was gonna say Bungie. Uh, uh, Bungie knows how to make a shooter. At least they, they've got I'd say the Doom, feel down. Yeah, I'd say Doom's probably the only one that's better, better. Uh, but is, that's kind of game, a... I was going to say, Doom is sort of a different beast as far as like yeah. how it feels like shooter-wise, though. Right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're different games. Like one, eh, Enemies are bullet sponges, uh, are more bullet spongy in uh, Destiny. Okay. Based on just the nature of the game itself. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, like, it's... I don't regret... Spending thirty bucks on it, but it's it ha- it feels like a grind, and I want to I want to do the raid. I'm hoping to get there eventually. I'm at three fifty light, and you need three seventy for the raid is like the minimum they they uh, they recommend. You can you can go in without it, but you're you can't you won't be able to hurt enemies at all. 
build it. Yeah, it's. I'll if I do that, I'll give an update on that. I've heard good things about it, but yeah, that's about that's about it. It's, is this the uh, more Destiny? Is this the yeah. first part of Destiny that they've cut out the PS3 and Xbox 360 generation? Am I am I remembering that right? It is. It, it which is a pretty big step. Um, uh, uh, there's that I, that was part of the reason that held Destiny back in terms of just like area space and all that. Right. That was just having to put they put, putting it on the old consoles. Uh, rumors about Destiny 2 or is that it will be on PC. So it it will probably be a much more sizable game if that's the, the case. The, I, I'm still amazed that the first Destiny isn't on PC. It just seems like such a just a duh kind of move. It's like okay, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, I I would be surprised if it didn't end up on PC at this point. It'd be it'd be pretty pretty crazy. Uh, uh, there are Destiny two rumors like in terms of it'll it sounds like it's going more MMOE like having more social spaces and things on planets to do other than just kill things and then go back to the tower which is the main social space to mm-hmm. to get to use your gear and stuff. Like there's a lot of time in Destiny spent doing nothing other than watching your ship load. So yeah, that's we'll see. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's probably all the Destiny talk we really need. Maybe you think, especially since the uh, yeah, that's especially since yeah. that timer made that weird noise at the beginning that was like very insistent on uh, <laughs> on keeping Destiny talk yeah. uh, wrapped up there. Uh, Luke, we've got Bloodborne coming up for you. Do you want five or ten on that one? I'll go five, I suppose. Go five. All right, buddy. Get. Have either of you guys tried Bloodborne? Yes, did not. I like it. have played Chunky Bloodborne. Uh, I have a love hate relationship with Bloodborne. Yeah, you were streaming I'm that big, with I'm a for a while. Yeah, I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. If that helps at all, like so, I'm, I'm, yeah. I know, I know Bloodborne pretty well. So yeah. Hmm. I finished up Dark Souls three earlier in the year. I mean, pretty shortly after it came out, and I hadn't played Bloodborne. But I'd heard good things about it, and I heard that it was very similar in a lot of ways to Dark Souls 3. Um, going into it, I've actually found it to be not as frustrating as I thought, or not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, I think they've done a lot of quality of life things with it in the patches over the, the years and months, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit easier. But you can kind of just go shithouse on people in this without having to worry about it too much. It's not as maybe there is that consideration to your moves but because of the way that you can get your health back after getting hit if you hit them back quickly it encourages you to be a little bit more aggressive than in dark souls so you know at first i was wanting the shield back big time and uh scared of of doing anything but now you can just sort of run in and and hit guys and it works out pretty well um most of the time so uh, I think I've been making pretty good progress. I've got through most of the bosses. I'm doing some of the optional ones at the moment. I just beat a big space baby, and um, space baby. I'm going to fight a yeah. Now I'm going to fight a sort of scary monster in a church. But it's um, uh, I like the the vibe of it a lot. It's very much influenced by any of the Eldritch lore, you know, in and around H.P. Lovecraft and that sort of stuff. And there's a fun system in the game where when you defeat bosses or if you consume a certain item you gain more insight into the world and things will start to change around you and you eventually you'll start seeing giant uh, monsters hanging off things and um, all sorts of octopuses. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I'm really digging that and it's quite a change to... Bloodborne's got to look... Like, they they nail the the atmosphere of that game. It's good. 
So are those like, yeah, very much? And I like the way see, the... can you actually interact with these things, or is it just like an LSD trip? Some of them you can, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Some, some of them you can certainly. The, the... Um, but oh, sorry, John, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, the Cthulhu monsters will actually kill you before you can see them. If you if you in certain areas, they will they can actually get you beforehand. It's a it's a whole mm. thing. Anyway, and sorry. They're... There's some instances where um, if you have certain items and they get you, you'll end up in different places altogether. You know, you'll get transported to strange areas, and, and that's pretty fun. Um, so there's there's a lot of depth to it there, and it's like any of the Souls games that you can do a lot of poking around and infer a lot of things and, and figure stuff out. Um, so there's some, you know, a lot of explorability there, but one thing that I really like about it is it's a little bit more linear than... Um, Dark Souls 1 or 2, and 3, I'd say, to a certain extent. It, it feels a little bit more like Demon Souls in that each area is very much uh, yeah. self-contained in a way. And so you can really wring a lot of goodness out of that and eventually sort of figure all the paths out and things, and that's immensely satisfying. Um, so I think I'm coming up to near the end of it. I've, I've done a lot of the guys, and I'm in um, a big, scary, hellish area. So I think I'm, I'm probably... Um, nearly at the the end of the game, but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and um, I'm looking forward to trying out the DLC now when I finish it up and um, see what that's all about. I think the uh, linearity is what turned me off of Bloodborne because the thing I like the thing I liked about Dark Souls and especially the first one is the like the the interconnected open world that they had and the weird the weird obscureness it has in it, which I. Mm. Making it more accessible is a, was a smart move. It should have like people, more people like it and buy it, and make more money. But I always, I like yep. the weird clunkiness of the first Dark Souls. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, yeah, no, I, I like agree with you. Souls. I think there's a certain thing to be said uh, I don't for that Souls abstraction. Yeah, I. Uh, there, yeah, there's definitely like good points and bad points to it. In fact, one thing that really annoys me about Bloodborne is the fact that you have to. Uh, in order to get to other areas, you have to warp back to the hub and then warp from the hub. Whereas yeah. in Dark Souls 3, they changed that so you can warp from any bonfire to anywhere you want and also to the hub. So that was one thing that's a little bit of a bummer. But um, uh, another thing is I suppose there's maybe not as much variety to the kind of hunter you can do. Like I've really just been using the salt cleaver the whole way through. And I yeah. think that's probably what I'll stick with till the end. Yeah, it likes um, a lot of customization. Yeah. yeah, whereas in Dark Souls, I'd have a lot of different loadouts for different situations and things. And that's as much on me as anything. I mean, I probably should try and branch out a little bit. But um, so far, I haven't found any weapons that are like the Claymore in Dark Souls 3, which is my favorite type <laughs> of thing. You just pump all your... I use the Butcher's Knife in Dark Souls 3, and one of my characters is very good. It's a... Mm. Yeah. It's a deep, so I'm, I'm looking forward to polishing that up anyway, and, uh, you know... Coming off of Dark Souls 3, it's refreshingly different, but also kind of nice and familiar at the same time. So okay. it, all, uh, it all works out. Cool. All right, guys. So let's, um, I think that's really all we've been playing. I, I was going to talk about Origami a little bit, but um, I'm going to save that for the next podcast. This way it'll blow anything that I've got because I've only played it a few minutes. Not really worth talking about at this point. Um, so we're going to talk about PlayStation VR a little bit, even though none of us have played it, which is kind of a weird thing, but I guess we'll do that. Um, what do you think? 15 minutes? Yeah, we'll talk about VR. Let's just say that. We'll okay, talk about yeah, VR. Yeah, we'll talk about VR. I think, I think PlayStation VR is going to 
regulate most of the conversation, but, you know, whatever. So, anyway. Um, who wants to... Okay, so first off, let's 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 get this caveat. None of us have really played it, and none of us have one. So that's this is coming from a weird perspective for sure. Yeah, I think I've seen every game offered in VR pretty much, though. I think okay. I've seen like at least at least played a little bit. So, but experiencing it is is really important. So yeah, I was gonna say it's supposed to be part of the part of the whole reason, you know to own one is to experience the VR. I don't know. It's, I, I'm still not sold on this. I still have this memory of playing a VR machine when I was, oh God, I don't know, 15 years old, maybe younger, maybe a little older, probably younger, um, at the state fair and just like being so underwhelmed by it and like, oh, well, this is what this technology is going to be like, huh? So yeah, I, <laughs> it's still in my head that like, oh, this can't possibly be interesting or there's no way that this is gonna like really want to take me away from a traditional console or PC experience. So I get, and so far I really haven't heard any reasoning that like, oh, I do definitely want to play this in VR, but or do definitely want to play something in VR. It just it sounds like for the most part for me, all like uh, these are normal video games, and you just can play them like really close to your face. I I think the problem with VR right now, at least some of them, is that they're trying to put uh, current games in VR instead of making games for VR. Yeah. Like, like you, like making the Batman thing or the Tomb Raider thing or the Final Fantasy thing. It's just, but like that, those are neat. That, that, some of those are neat. The Final Fantasy thing is fucked up and, and stupid. But uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's remember, you're fucked up and stupid for doing it. Just because you can doesn't mean. That uh, you know, you you know, you just because you can stare at them doesn't mean you have to. That 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 says more about you <laughs> that you're staring at them than anything. I heard the line at uh, E3 for that was pretty long. <laughs> anyway, uh, it doesn't surprise uh, me in the least. <laughs> Go ahead. Like, there's they they need to make that the killer app. I guess the ter- the term that's been used for a while. They need to make the a game that. Can only be experienced in VR, and but and using using previous properties is not is not the way to do that. It's VR needs a Super Mario Brothers or Mario sixty four is basically what I'm seeing right now because right now there's nothing selling me on it. Like there are cool, I've seen some cool things in VR. Like there's uh, like this thing called Rec Room on the Vive is pretty cool. It's it's like it's a big social space kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's just the but the act the Active uh, interacting with it is where it is kind of like the magic, I guess, and it really captures like that sense, like that that sense of VR that you can't. I mean, you can't get in other games. Like VR has a thing that you can't get anywhere else. Apparently, again, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, and do you do you guys think VR is a gimmick or it is its own platform? Luke, why don't you go ahead? What do you think so far? You've been quiet. Um, I think increasingly you're going to see it as a platform. And I don't know if games are the place where it's going to take off. I could see it more as a, an entertainment thing or a, a way of keeping in touch with people, video conferencing and things like that. We all know porn, um, porn is going to be the main I don't know. I mean, and, <laughs> and pornography, this. of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, to get that res suit and porn to video work game stuff. Hand in hand oh, is good. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm, a lot of laundry to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, be a the, lot of hoses used. With, yes, with the <laughs> with the video game side and stuff, I just don't think the fidelity is there yet. I mean, maybe on the PC, but not uh, for the general consumer. And so I don't know if it's going to take off as well. I mean, if it's going to get it out of gimmick territory just yet. And certainly I haven't seen anything that's made me really want to uh, go out and get one just yet. So I don't know. Um, we'll wait and see. It might be a few years yet. But I can definitely see the potential, um, especially for entertainment, um, watching live sports or something like that and sitting at ringside um, or courtside or whatever it might be yeah, would be really yeah. cool. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, for me, like video games, uh, I, I don't know. I don't really see this ever being like taking over, or maybe even being its own full fledged platform. I do see it as sort of a side thing for video games. I, I mean, maybe it will come along, come around eventually, where Nintendo does. Or I don't want to say Nintendo specifically, but like somebody like Nintendo figures out the sweet spot. And like, oh, well, this is how we should be doing this. I mean, I don't know. It it just, there's just nothing compelling right now. And I mean, I'm not a designer, developer or anything like that, but I I can't see anything like where I'm like, oh, well, this is really like, you know, like, like this is what I would want out of VR. Like, I I don't want to say like, I feel like there's, they would really have to bring something completely brand new to the table for me to want to check it out. Like I think a couple of years ago, um, Oh God, what's her name? Laura Hudson. I think um, when she was working at wired was talking to Chris Kohler about this, like game of Thrones thing where you like went up the, uh, went up the wall in that elevator or whatever. And you could like look down the wall. Like that stuff seems cool, but it's not, not something like I want to spend right now a few hundred dollars, nearly a thousand dollars for, I mean, if you don't have a PlayStation four, I mean, the PlayStation VR is the cheapest thing with... What's the PlayStation 4 going for these days? Like $300? I think so. So you do that, and then $400 for the VR. Um, you know, and we'll say, like... We'll just leave it at that as, like, the base price. Um, that's, you know, a $700 investment. That's the that's the low end of, like, the sort of, like, I guess, mainline VR experiences. And... Just for that, it's like that's that seems like so much money for something that's in its infancy and not really, not really that interesting at this point. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's just not worth the money at this point in time, and I suppose that's always the struggle with any new technology. It happens with games consoles when they come out too. People say, "Oh, why should I buy a PS4? It has no games." You still see that today. In fact, I kind of agree with them because. Apart from Bloodborne, the only other game I've played on the PS4 is Uncharted 4. So, there you go. Boom. <laughs> yeah, but Boom. you also play PC games. That's, see, that's this thing where people like me who don't play, true. don't play stuff on PC, it's, it's like, oh, PS4, duh, I'm going to get that. Yeah, yeah, that, and that makes sense. I think that's where PlayStation VR comes in. We're really up to see how it's going to take um, in general because I think folks, you know, it's a better value proposition for some. And if it can win those hearts and minds and if people can get behind it then hey why not but um i'm afraid i'm gonna leave you guys there i'm gonna sign out myself because it's past my bedtime and in the morning i'm going to see what's sure to be a cinematic tour de force trolls from the makers of shrek 
Okay. Wow. I intend okay. to play the uh, iOS game as well, so I'll fill you guys in next week. Oh, on Christ. Like, okay. Or like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got a big teaser right. going on here. Oh, jeez. Yes, indeed. So uh, take it easy, guys. Yeah, we don't want Luke, we don't sleep Luke. Hope. Okay, Luke, you are uh, you're, you're the plugmaster. Why don't you fit in your plug real quick? Plugmaster General here. Uh, you can check me out at Luke Maxwell on Twitter. You can visit movieexpress.org for a, a podcast soon, maybe, I promise. And uh, you can also listen to me on the radio Friday mornings, 10 to 11 a.m. Irish time. Um dublincityfm.ie so do check that out alright Luke we'll talk to you hopefully next week if not whenever we talk to you yes, we, I, I want a so. full report on this trolls game yes okay yeah you're getting the exclusive exclusive oh. exclusive um, world exclusive <laughs> <laughs> alright okay. All right, bye. Uh, take, take it easy fellas bye bye now bye. good talking to you alright John so as far as uh, VR goes I mean we got six minutes here um I'm uh, your opinion. Like what, what do you want to see that might compel you to actually buy this thing right now? I think outside of the res suit and porn, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's already like compelling me right now. Currently it's like, uh, well, yeah, but I don't think the res suit that, is, I, is commercially. I, I pre it on my phone if you said that immediately. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see it, 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 if, if that res suit was uh commercially available, I probably would have done it and would have had to have hit it under my bed for fear of my wife finding it and asking what the hell was going on. But uh, yeah, anyway, go ahead. I, it's just, it's, it's games. I mean, it's a video. It's a, currently it is a, it is mainly a platform intended for video game. Right. And, and I do, I don't think it's a gimmick. I think people that are calling it a gimmick like Connect and the and the Move and even the Wii uh, are not seeing like the possibilities it has. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see yeah. it as a gimmick. I just don't see it as a, it's hit. I, I don't think it's yeah, found its. I don't. It's, I don't think it's found its it, Trojan horse yet. Exactly, and I mean, video games themselves, like they started out the same way. Like if you go back to what video games used to be, words on a screen. It's it takes time, and is I hopefully they they find the funding uh, to inc- to build upon this. I th- I know that I know at Valve and HTC they're already prototyping more things for Vive, like new better things for Vive, uh, and I think more uh, economic uh, economically friendly uh, answers for the Vive, and, and like the fact that. So many people, so many companies are in on the ground floor of this bodes well. I think it's just it's going to take time, and I I do want to get a VR headset at some point. I don't know when that'll be, but yeah, I think it'll be when that when that game finally finally materializes. Hopefully, the mythical the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now, like I can, I don't know. Like I, I might be able to justify it for. No, I can't now. The only thing I could even see wanting to do with it is like playing Res. I mean, that from what I've heard, that's is a pretty cool experience. But I'm yeah. not spending four hundred dollars, and then the cost of Res, whatever that is, to play like one level effectively in that was you know tailor made for VR. I mean, it seems like an interesting thing, but maybe like I can probably get that a demo kiosk at a Best Buy and then get Pink Eye. So. Yeah, and apparently the v- PSVR itself, like the headset itself, is having tracking issues, which is 
pretty big problem to be having for it's like that's the thing you have to make sure works on in vr people yeah. don't get sick and so yeah it's early v the, the psvr is the one i was i was hoping was was gonna hit something but uh, it's it's still not time yet i mean resident evil 7 is gonna be on it but i don't think that's gonna do it either no because that's not we're gonna have to see something that is tailor-made specifically for vr because right now <laughs> It is, you know, Resident Evil 7 is being made um, with a VR experience enabled, but it is not a exclusive experience. So I don't, like, until we get that, like I said, uh, for want of a better comparison, the Mario 64 for 3D games, I, I don't see anything right now on the horizon for VR that's going to compel me to get it. Well, I get one eventually, I, I can't see me not getting one. It's just, like Luke said, like... It, Maybe for sports or something like that, it would be pretty cool. Or even like sitting on like a virtual movie theater. I think it would be kind of a cool idea. But I mean, you know, I've, I've got a pretty big TV. Um, I got a pretty decent sound system. I can just pull my couch closer if I really want that. I guess at the at this time, so <laughs> save myself four hundred dollars. I mean, you know, it's like oh, I can burn five calories and move my couch and call it good, or spend four hundred dollars and at the time, you know not get the same experience. So. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's wait and see. That's all it is. So. Yeah. Like, I can't even... I don't want to say, like, I can't even think of anything specifically. Because, I mean, I, I guess if you had told me, like, Mario 64 was going to be what it was, like, I would have never really... And granted, I was, like, you know, 13 at the time, probably, or whatever. Um, but it's... I, I can't see... My, my brain cannot fathom what the hell it's going to take for VR to hit for me. Like, oh, this is a viable game platform. So, I, I'm kind of with Luke on that. Like, I don't see it games being its its thing. I, I think games will be a nice, like, after afterthought yeah. for it. But, like, I mean, to your point earlier, too, you gotta remember, like, video games were originally sold as toys. You know, when Nintendo um, brought it back, like, they were trying to sell it off as like a toy, you know, and um, yeah. which is why they put in Rob the Robot and they're trying to Trojan horse it that way back in the toys department. Like, oh, this isn't just a video game. It's a entertainment system and a toy. And so, yeah, I mean, I we might see something like that with VR, but I, I don't know. I, yeah. It's got poss- it's cool possibilities. I hope it I hope it pans out. I really do. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's gonna be somebody that figures out exactly what it's for, and who knows? Maybe v, maybe uh, games in VR will never really connect together, but they'll figure out something for VR that you can only have in VR, which I'm sure will come around eventually. But right now, like I can't see game wise anything. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think that I think that about wraps it up. We kind of wish Luke had just stuck it yeah. out for the last couple minutes here, so. Yeah, but hey, I understand. I, I we've we've had Sleepy Luke on the podcast before, and I, I, I kind of prefer not having to, especially with this new format. I don't have to edit, and I would prefer not to have to edit out Sleepy Sleepy Luke's uh, yawns. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, John, did you have? Uh, was there anything else you could think of that you wanted to talk about? Because I'm I'm kind of at an absolute loss here, considering we've been off for three weeks. It's it has been very very slow. So maybe it was kind of better that I, I had some real life stuff pop up. Yeah, Mafia Three came out, so like I, I had something to talk about actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'm speaking of that. I think I'm going to write a review for Mafia Three after I'm done. I, I've uh, that game. I have thoughts about that 
game, and I want to put it down. And I think I could, I think I could write a review for that one. Okay. Um, have, I think I could have. I'm thinking I might be able to have that game done by next weekend, depending on how busy I am during the week. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. It's 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 a cool game. I I it's it's weird to recommend it too. It's just because Mafia. It's if you like Mafia Two, I think you'll like Mafia Three. Okay, that's kind of where I was thinking. Like I, I liked Mafia Two quite a bit. Like I remember playing I just, it, and I was like, yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for mob stuff, so it's just like it. I like a good mob story, and this is this is this is a really good mob story. Like three, I can't express enough how good this the presentation and storytelling is in Mafia Three. It's really it's something else. You know what? I did think of one. We were talking about it off air. We never really got around to it. Um, that rock star thing. You wanna? Oh. you wanna, you want to speculate <laughs> on that for a few minutes? The, the, I mean, I I hope it's Red Dead Two. I don't. I mean, if it could, it could just be a remaster, which would be fine, I guess. I just I think I just want a new one. So, um, it, being bright red like that, like, like. It does make me think, like, oh, there's going to be another Red Dead game. Um, I don't know if you can really call it Red Dead 2, because technically that would be 3, because there was Red Dead Revolver. Yeah, that's that's fair. And it yeah. was just put on uh, PS4, actually, uh, as one of the PS2 games. Red Dead Revolver is now available. Yeah, that that was that was kind of an interesting... Like, when I, I saw, like, somebody wrote a headline, or maybe it was, like, a Facebook, like, you know, post or whatever. Like, this is, uh, it's like... Red Dead's now available on PS4, but it's not the one you want, or something like that, you know, or not the one you'd hope for. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's about accurate. Like, I always remember, like, when I was working at GameStop, like, seeing that go through us, like, kind of heavily rotated out. Like, somebody would buy it, and then it'd be right back at our store. I mean, it was just one of those games that was like, oh, yeah. That doesn't yeah. seem interesting. And then it being sort of a... Um, I, I guess Redemption is a sequel to Revolver, um, in the loosest sense of the word, I suppose. But like we were talking about it off the air, that was sort of like one of the biggest surprises and most pleasant surprises for me last generation. I um I had no interest in playing that game, and I traded in a a shit ton of games to my local GameStop, and they were having this um, promotion where you know you got an extra. 20% or whatever if you reserved red if you like put the credit towards red dead or whatever and the amount of shit I traded in I got red dead for free like <laughs> the extra 10% that they gave me on top of my or whatever it was on top of the card discount or card bonus it got me red dead for free which should tell you how much shit I, I purged myself of so you know even with the 2000 plus video games i own now that should tell you like i can go through these purges every few years and still have more well more than a thousand video games in my possession at any kind of one time so it's like eh, it's a little disturbing at times but anyway so like i i, I tried it and or you know I, I was like yeah sure i'll just what the hell for free why the hell not you know and i ended up with more credit than I would have if I didn't do it. So I took it home and I played it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this game is, this game is really goddamn good." John Mars is the hell of a character. Yeah, yeah, so, and that that ending. Yeah. I mean, just oh man, that's oh. one of the best endings in video games. It's so good. Yeah, that really, really got me. Now I I, I don't know if I had ever actually. Um, now spoilers alert or spoiler alert here. We'll let's talk about the end end of it. Um, if if you haven't. 
if you haven't played this and you're kind of interested in it, just go ahead and check out the podcast now because as soon as we get done talking about this, we're just going to wrap it up and, and call it done here. But um, so at the very end, you know, John Marston. Well, hold on. Okay, now turn it off. Everyone's turned off. Um, John Marston gets himself killed, and his family runs off, and then his you take over playing as the boy as his son. Yeah. Now I, um, you know, Luke, Luke's co-host on his uh, podcast, Connor. Um, who's been on our podcast, I think, twice now, um, and, and my friend, too. Um, Connor was, like, r- reminded me of the sequence where you actually chase down the guy, I think, who shot you, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it's actually... Or shot it's John? not even... Yeah, it's um, Edgar Ross? Is that the name? I, uh, uh, I am, yeah. You, 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 you can I make up a name. Main... The old guy, I'm pretty sure his name is Edgar Ross. Oh, that sounds right to me. <laughs> but, uh... but yeah, like, he reminded me of the scene that you, like, at the end of the game, in the epilogue, like, you, you can track him down and kill him, basically, to avenge your father. And it's it, it's it's this weird moment, because, like, like I, I don't remember doing it, honestly, but, because I, I think, like, when I finished, it was like, oh, I can play as a sundown. There was, like, nothing, it just felt like there was nothing else to do, maybe, so maybe I yeah. did it, but it just felt like like that was the only reason why you would play as his son. So it was, it was sort of a nice little touch. Like I guess if there was anything like if you were doing achievement hunting or you know or like doing the cleanups for that, then yeah. But at the same time, like we've kind of gone through this game and done all this, and yeah, here's here here's a here's a here's a few minutes worth of a mission where you have to kind of run around and track him down, and not really much else happens in it. So it's like, well, this could have been just a a quick little like you play as him and they just you know force you to play play those segments rather than make you kind of wander around trying to track him down yeah i think the the i the best part about that touch is that um the actual mission itself is a question mark like a stranger mission yeah it doesn't actually point you towards like what you're about to do but when you get there he, i think he's he's fishing or something God, i don't remember yeah but, he was fishing yeah i just watched this video just a few yeah. months ago you like you just pop up there and like oh shit it's Edgar Ross and then you kill him and it's like well you actually talk to his wife first if I um and then your wife or his wife tr- sends you to him yeah oh yeah yeah okay yeah you, you the question mark it does start with a question mark though which I thought was a really a really interesting and cool choice to uh to not make it obvious what you what you can still do in the game yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's that, that, that game. Like that ending was just pretty heartbreaking, and like I really did like what they did with it. I mean, you know, there's the complaints about the Mexico area, and honestly, like I, it's it's been so long since I played it because I played it like when it first came out. But like I don't remember feeling like a lot of that. Like there was a lot of slog in that game. I, I remember genuinely enjoying that game, and I, I remember seeing a couple weird videos of it where the um, like. Or no, no, never mind. I'm thinking of Assassin's Creed. I was just like comparing the two for some reason um, in my head, but like I, I guess I'll just talk, talk about that real quick. But the uh, like the video of Assassin's Creed was like the first one, and oh god, what's his name? Altair was on the horse, like riding, and the horse's front legs works just fine, but the back legs were just dragging on the ground, and it was just the craziest fucking thing I'd ever. I was like, what in the hell is happening and for some reason like because i i think there were some weird like glitches going on in red dead and maybe that's where i just got it like confounded in my head but yeah there's 
like I don't remember that game having much of a slog. I'm sure if we go back and like try to play it now, especially with my my time being a little bit more limited than it was back then, but um, like it, there might be parts where I'd be like, oh, they could have tightened this up a little bit. Oh, this feels kind of slow, but like I just remember being like not not astounded, but just like m- just marveling at how how great that game was. And maybe maybe like retrospect it it I don't know maybe maybe there's some stuff of it that hasn't held up as well. But I just remember like this the game just felt marvelous. And I think it was also because I went in with zero expectations of this thing. Like it was not on my radar. I didn't have any interest in it. And just to pop it in and like, Holy shit, this game is great. It was just like, Oh, okay. I think it suffers. It does suffer from the GTA problem of too many missions. Uh, in the, at least in the story part of the game. Yeah. And it's, that's always been my problem with GTA is I think they just, there's too much. I think like a little editing could help. But yeah, it's just it's over. It's just the presentation, the the characters, the story. It's just so good. It's yeah. such a good game. That I, I that, that I hope is... it's the second. I'm sorry. I just I was saying, I oh, hope it's ahead. the second one they're gonna announce and not a remaster because well that'd be cool. I was I, gonna say how about both? Both would be good. Both would be cool. One to one. I get, I'm getting the remaster would be much sooner so that to hold you. Yeah, I was gonna say tied you over until Red Dead Redemption. What it, Red Dead um, Revelation, maybe? Redemption. I don't Red know. Red Dead Redemption, The Reckoning. Red yeah, the there Revenging. Because yeah. we got Revolver, we got Redemption, and then maybe this will be a... Re- I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Apparently, yeah. apparently it's going to be a prequel based on the rumors. Uh, and uh, based on a map that um, leaked, apparently from Red Dead 2 earlier in the year, that actually showed one of the areas was a new Bordeaux, and like, back in the time, and that's the area in Mafia 3, which is another Take-Two game. Huh. So, yeah. So that, would be, that would be an interesting, like, reuse of like, maybe some of the assets. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, we'll see. I mean, of course, all rumors, nothing announced yet. If watched should be announced as soon as the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think 8-4 Play had that problem where, like, a week or no it was like the next day after not this most recent episode but the episode after that like they posted the podcast and like an hour or two after they did it like some major like i I think it was the famicom mini like it was announced and i was like oh well we totally missed the boat because they're bi-weekly so it's like oh well we totally missed the boat on that one swell so (laughs) but yeah i don't know so i mean hopefully we'll see i mean god if 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 something pops up like that with red dead i mean it'd be kind of cool to I yeah, ultimately like I do want another game in that series. I, I might even try playing Revolver just to check it out. But it's I don't know. I've never played it, and being as surprised as I was with Redemption, I would like to play it again, or I'd, I'd like to play maybe the original. See yeah. how see how it does. But yeah. like I, I I would love to play Redemption on my PS4 or my Xbox One, and I'd love to play another game in the series. Like I think I'm a big fan of Rockstar when it's not Grand Theft Auto related because I loved Bully. And I loved Red Dead Redemption, so it's like, eh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm hit or miss with GTA, so it's I give them all I give them all a shot. I um <laughs> the last one I really remember in, enjoying was uh, Vice City, and I think it was just because of, like how stupid it was. Maybe um, there's one scene in that game that really like has stuck with me. They're I think going to rob a mall or going to rob somebody at the mall or I don't know. Anyway, like they're changing into like I think cop uniforms, and your your like your sidekick or your buddy or whatever is like 
getting into the pants. He's like, ah, perfect fit. And then your character says, oh, a little tight in the crotch. And then your buddy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, mine, mine too, mine too. Yeah, just, I, yeah, yeah just, I'm, I'm, just implying he has a, a ginormous weenus, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I like San Andreas. That's my favorite. I've, I always hold it. But uh, Red Dead, I, don't, I like... I don't know what you like more in terms of the Rockstar stuff, but those are my two. When it comes to the Rockstar, those are the two. Um, we'll see. Hopefully good things. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's all we can really hope for is... I, I can't imagine they're going to do anything stupid with the series because, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, I mean, hell, who knows, though. I mean, they're showing the red, but, I mean, God, maybe it's a total off-put and it's like this like really bloody reboot of, uh, of Bully or something. That'd be all right. <laughs> I'm not... More bully would be okay. Yeah, I'm good with bully. I don't know if I, I don't know yeah. if I want, I don't know if I want a gritty reboot of bully because I think it was already pretty dark as it was. But it's, it's the college years. Oof. Yeah, because that was was that high school or middle school? I'm trying to remember. I want to say middle school. Yeah. Like, there was like spitballing and stuff. Yeah, it was a little too like whimsical to be high school age. I think. Yeah. Maybe it's the high school years and. Oh no! You know what? No, you know maybe, 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 maybe just having bully as it is 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 good. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I really want a sequel. So anyway, yeah, we've kind of we've kind of babbled on here. So let's go ahead and wrap here. Um, anyway, um, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Ariel. Uh, John, you are John Lucero seven seven seven. All right, and for plugs, I'm not gonna do the long list like long long laundry list. Um, because yeah, you go to the website. Everything's there. The links are all up there, so you can check that out. Um, look forward to some streaming because I've been playing around with a little setup here, so hopefully I can start streaming shit and uh, maybe even writing some stuff again because, yeah, I started working again, and um, that has taken a substantial amount of my uh, personal time away, and it is really hard to write when you get, like, three or four hours of sleep a day and you have kids screaming at you. So, um, yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah, it's a little like, oh, I can get a coherent thought out and then you go back and read what I wrote. I'm like, um... I thought I could get a coherent thought out. Guess not. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>